Hello and welcome to episode two of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Kip Adams and I'm joined today by my esteemed colleague at Dogs247, Rusty Mansell. Now, first off, I just want to thank everyone for listening last week. We came into this with you know no expectations, but you guys just knocked it out of the park. The, this uh, this show has a lot of potential, and I think uh, you know all the numbers suggest that this thing's just going to get keep growing and growing into a, a monster podcast. But I want to start off the show by asking everyone to do us a huge favor: go on iTunes and Google Podcasts. Go ahead and give us a rating and a review on there. We're now on both of those platforms, so you got a lot of options to uh, to listen to the Junkyard Dogcast. And we're going to start off this week's show with some breaking confirmed news from Rusty Mansell. Um, yeah, we, we talked about it um, last week. Um, there was an interesting tweet by the tight end coach at Georgia, Todd Hartley, uh, last Thursday. And it, it was, I believe he said, tight end big time tight end and made the muscle emoji and, and, and something like to that uh, effect. But um, what is now confirmed that, that Eric Gilbert, the five-star uh, tight end at a Marietta high school uh, was on campus. Now he confirmed that yesterday to rivals at their uh, Adidas combine there in Atlanta. And uh, we knew about that visit, but the source that we got it from at Marietta uh, high school there said that he wanted to keep that quiet, but he did confirm it himself. So I feel okay uh, now saying that, but you know, we had some people ask on the board, uh, you know, what was that about? Did we get a commitment or anything? No, he, he didn't commit. Uh, but, but Eric Gilbert was on campus uh, with his mother last Thursday for a visit. And I don't think he's necessarily just trying to sneak around. I think Eric is just kind of right now getting uh, a lot of people coming to him at different, from different angles and, talking to him a lot and asking him a lot of questions. He just want to take a visit. Uh, I do think that's big for Georgia to get him back because um, they won't get him back at least until that last week of July. Now, the dead period is there. He'd been on multiple visits to Tennessee as well. And uh, I'll just say this because I don't want to um, burn a source, but he's made some some quiet visits to other places as well, so not just Georgia, but for Georgia to get him on campus, uh, I think was big, and uh, you know we 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 can confirm that that uh, that actually did happen. Now, Rusty, uh, for those who aren't familiar, Eric Gilbert, the tight end prospect at Marietta High School, right now he's ranked as the number two overall prospect in Georgia by the twenty four seven Sports Composite, the industry standard there for our, for our ratings. This is a recruitment that really. It's been extremely intriguing and kind of rare this cycle in a cycle that, Russell, you and I have, I don't know if I've really had a cycle where there's been so few in-state prospects that we're really kind of locked in on as far as covering uh, as we head into July. Eric's maybe one of two, three guys that we're really focused on at, at this point in this 2020 recruiting cycle. And him you know, being the number 12 overall prospect in the country on the composite, this is a huge recruitment. And a guy that's 6'6 and a half, you know, pushing 250, could be an elite edge rusher if he wants to, but he wants to catch passes in college. So he has that, you know, that OJ Howard potential at the, at the next level. And he, as I said last week, you know, in my opinion, this was a, a position other than running back that was, you know, in that top two 
potentially most important position for Georgia this cycle. Georgia needs to get two tight ends in this class. Again, as I referenced on the on the last episode, and this recruitment, it's been kind of a interesting one to try to peg down. One thing we really haven't been able to to lock in is a you know a set de- decision timeline. The crystal ball points to Georgia. But it's a lot closer than what the crystal ball kind of says right now. And as you've reported on Dogs 247 over the last couple weeks, couple months, Tennessee's really made this thing interesting. So as we head into July, as you said, Georgia getting them on campus again is huge. But where do you see things going, you know, as we head into July? What's next for Gilbert as he tries to figure this thing out? I mean, I think it, um, you know, he took an official visit to Alabama. I think Penn State's kind of in this a little bit. But I think right now, in my opinion, it is a Georgia-Tennessee battle. And with Tennessee, he's got, you know, Ramel Keaton, former uh, Tennessee wide receiver, who's a true freshman there at Tennessee. He's got his quarterback, his high school quarterback, his, um, you know, all-star seven-on-seven for Hustle Inc. quarterback. He has done so many reps with Harrison Bailey. He's so comfortable with Harrison Bailey. Um, you, you know, they're, they play a lot together and, and Harrison's made no bones about it. He wants to take him to Tennessee with him. So they've got that working for him. And then, you know, I think Tennessee's probably leading for BJ Ojolari, uh, who is a younger brother of Aziz Ojolari at Georgia. But, uh, you know, in this particular class, there's just not going to be room for BJ, you know, for Georgia to take, you know, they took Mikhail Sherman at his position. And after taking Jeremiah Johnson and Jermaine Johnson and, uh, Nolan Smith in the class before, so, you know, it kind of works a little bit against Georgia. Uh, it's going to be one of those decisions where Eric's going to have to say, look, I think Georgia's the best place for me, or will he go play with, you know, two or three of his really, really close friends and teammates? So Tennessee has that working for them right now, and I do think this is, this is extremely close right now. So how this is going to play out, when will he take his official visits? He is in school right now. He's working and everything. I know he is going to be at mid-year. So he's going to have to get all his stuff done and his official visits done and sign early uh, to determine where he goes. But I do think three or four months ago, as, we, as you just mentioned, Kip, I think Georgia was the clear leader, in my opinion. But I think this is definitely, um, definitely at least a 50-50 battle uh, with Tennessee and Georgia on five-star Eric Gilbert. No, that was not the only news we had last week. Uh, it was it was definitely a week of news. I think we have to really start off with the the bombshell on Friday, the dismissal of Georgia's leading receiver, returning receiver from last season, Jeremiah Holloman. I think that decision, you know, was obviously a no brainer for for Kirby Smart, but the loss of Jeremiah Holloman definitely uh, that leaves a big dent in a team that, again, is already having to replace its its top three wide receivers from last season. You know, and Miko Hardman, Riley Ridley, Terry Goblin had tight end Isaac Nada also leave. So you have, you couple that with now the departure of Holloman and the leading wide receiver from last year is now Tyler Simmons with nine catches last season uh, technically deandre swift is now the leading returning receiver for georgia wow. rusty what's your reaction to this and, and and what this means now for the bulldogs again i agree with what you said in, you know in your introduction with that piece that it was a no-brainer it was a there's zero tolerance for that 
Uh, and, and when that those details came out, you know, he was no longer a member uh, of the Georgia Bulldogs. But you look at Jeremiah Holloman as a player, and he was turning the corner. He was being who we all kind of thought he would be. He was a little inconsistent at times with his hands in high school. He worked hard on that. He gained some weight. Uh, you know, he was that guy that was kind of film, you know, filling that Javon Wims mode for uh, Jake Fromm. And, and you look at Jake Fromm with this, uh, you know, everybody talks about the offensive line at Georgia and how good they are. Then you got DeAndre Swift and you got some depth at running back. But you got to be looking, if you're Jake Fromm going, man, I got some, a lot of new faces out here on the outside. It's going to be interesting to see what he does this summer because Jeremiah Holloman was his guy. I mean, when he needed to get yardage and make a throw, that was his guy. You know, he worked him a lot in spring, those types of things. So I'm interested to see who Jake Fromm turns to. Can Demetrius Robertson be that guy? You know, can uh, Lawrence Cager, the graduate uh, uh, wide receiver, transfer out of Miami? Can he step in that role? Can George Pickens be that guy? They've got some bodies, and they've got some athletic guys. They're just going to have to prove they can do it because Jeremiah Holloman, in my opinion, was well on his way to saying, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a difference maker, and he was poised to have a very big season. I agree with what you said. That's a very big loss on the field for the Georgia Bulldogs, regardless of why he's not at Georgia anymore. Uh, that, that's a huge loss for Georgia uh, production-wise at the wide receiver spot. Do you think now the favorite to lead Georgia in receiving yards this season, would you, would you say it's Lawrence Cager at this point? Uh, it's according to how he does this summer. You know, a lot of those reps, you know, Jake Fromm, according the coaches can't be there. Once they bring a ball out, the coaches have to leave the, the field. They have to leave the area, can't watch it. So the quarterback becomes so important. And to have someone like Jake Fromm, as, as smart as he is and able to run the offense and those types of things, it's those reps in the summer. Who's gonna, who, who is Jake going to say, look, i got to have these guys? So uh, I think Lawrence Cager came here familiar with James Coley. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, came here because he thinks he can play. So he's going to get every opportunity as a big body guy. Uh, he's bigger than Jeremiah Holloman for sure. This guy's six five. So I do think you know that he could wind up being that guy. Everybody ask about Demetrius Robertson. He, you know, Demetrius can be that guy as well. We've seen it in high school. We saw a couple of flashes last year, but. Uh, I think his body's ready. I think he's ready to turn. Someone we don't talk a lot about uh, is Karis Jackson, a uh, young man out of Peach County who I think he got down to the last quarter last year and Georgia redshirted him. So he, they took him off special teams and those types of things late in the year, and he was able to redshirt. So I think Karis Jackson could be a guy, too, that people don't talk about. But Lawrence Cager will be very, very uh, interesting to watch over the summer because he's going to get every opportunity as a 22-year-old senior uh, to play with Jake Fromm and get a lot of touches. How huge is it now that yeah. Georgia was able to flip George Pickens on signing day? I mean, looking back at that now, they lost you know, Jaden Hazelwood to Oklahoma. Uh, you know, obviously Georgia fans were, were kind of uh, reacting to that and, and wondering what Georgia was going to do at this position in the class. We thought it was a pretty solid duo, you know, not going to overlook Dominic Blaylock, you know, coming in as a guy who can step right in to that slot and potentially give Georgia some really good reps, uh, you know, as well as Makaya Tung, another uh, big bodied wide receiver target downfield. But that flipping George Pickens on signing day, yeah. we're going to look back on that and, and, and just, 
you know, if, if he comes in there and, and puts in the work and, and is ready to get on the field the, this season, uh, that could be something we look back as a huge turning point for George in this class. Because as you said now, you know, Lawrence Cager is not just having to uh, replace maybe some of Riley Ridley's uh, production now. Now he's got to basically be Riley Ridley and Jeremiah Holloman, uh, you know, all in one as far as what they're needing in that big body guy. I mean, they have a guy in Matt Landers who, if the, you know, if the focus is there, has the talent to be able to be that guy too. But I think this season, Jake's going to lock in the guys he can trust. I think Cager's probably going to step in and potentially be that guy. But uh, the production they have to, to replace, I think, is going to put a lot on these freshmen and and getting pickets in there. I mean, yeah. that, that was huge. Huge news for Georgia right now. And uh, continuing on with news at the wide receiver position. Uh, again, huge week of news. Georgia got back-to-back wide receiver commitments last week. And, and Marcus Rosamy and, and Corey Wren. Rosamy is a top 50 prospect uh, out of Florida. Once again, Georgia recruiting that state hard uh, since Kirby Smart came on board. He's made sure he had a staff that can recruit the state of Florida very well. And, and obviously offensive coordinator James Coley is doing a lot of great things in that aspect, but also having Cortez Hankton, having uh, Scott Fountain. These are guys that uh, have connections down there. You get a guy like Marcus Rosamy out of uh, St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale, a huge win for Georgia. And, and then you come right back around and get that speedster that Georgia needed in the class, as you mentioned on the podcast last week, and Corey ran out of New Orleans. You know, what's your reaction to seeing that Cortez Hankton basically has the wide receiver position taken care of for this cycle uh, before we even get into July? Just seeing what we just mentioned, talking about last cycle and having to kind of uh, work that to the end uh, to get pickings after losing Hazelwood now basically has a class that could potentially have similar dividends down the road, but he's already has it done before the, the summer's even over. I'll say this. I, I do think uh, they're technically done, but I think if the right person came along, they would add another wide receiver to this class if they could find a spot. And if they have to bring in Eric Gilbert at wide receiver, I do think Georgia would be comfortable in doing that. Just after seeing him last week uh, play the position at the Corky Kell 707, but Getting back to what you talked about, the two commits, um, you know, yes, I did talk about the the, the speed guy. They had to have uh, someone in the in the Miko Hardman mold, and they went and got it out of out of uh, New Orleans area and, and Cortez Hankton from down there uh, with a lot of connections, obviously. And you look at Wren as a ten three, I think a ten three five hundred meter guy, ten four one. Uh, I think I looked his last two times, and they needed that bad because you look at Marcus Rosamy, uh, you know. Six foot three, uh, 200 pound, you know, four, five, five guy, which is fantastic. That's great. You need that size, length, everything there. That's that's very comparable to Jeremiah Holloman a little bit. Jeremiah Holloman's uh, wingspan was ridiculous. I don't know what Rosamy's is, but, um, you know, very similar body type and in, in, at a powerhouse there at St. Thomas Aquinas. So you like that get too. But um, I, I think Georgia, you know, is probably. I would say that I would say they're done at wide receiver, but I wouldn't completely close the door. Uh, you just never know in this day and age how things are going. But they're really, really high on Justin Robinson. He had back-to-back uh, fantastic um, performances at UGA 707. I talked to multiple 
uh, sources very close to this, and he he was just great. So coming off that hamstring injury, so you look at Georgia, two six three, two six four guys, Rosamy and, and and Robinson, and then you look at uh, Ren, who's a smaller guy, but he's at 10, 300, 10, 400 guys. So that's what they were looking for in his class, trying to get faster. We'll see what they do if it, with anything left, maybe. Yeah, you look at Rosemey. Again, uh, I think it's a guy that compares very favorably to former Georgia wideout Riley Ridley. You know, he has that 6, 290-pound frame right now. You know, he's a guy that is in that top 50, top 100 national recruits right now. And, again, they're they're beating out – they're going into the state of Florida and beating a guy that, you know, Florida, Miami, Florida State, I mean, they all wanted this guy. And they went in there and, and, and got a top 10 wide receiver in the cycle. And Corey Wren's a guy that, you know, if we're trying to verify size, he's probably closer. He's at 5'9 right now. We'll, we'll see. You know, that's a guy that did not really do the camp circuit. But we have those comparisons to Miko. I, I think they're valid just because not just the verified speed, the 10-4-1, but you know, also that he's got a lot of uh, positional upside. He plays in that in that Veer offense at, at John Curtis. And, and again, a, a outstanding program in the state of Louisiana. You mentioned St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, John Curtis is, is a big-time program in New Orleans. And Corey it was sharing – the backfield, you know, playing running back in this veer with several other guys averaged over 10 yards per touch and, and really is still going to be learning that position. position. Cortez Hankton will be working for him. That's one edge he's going to have over Miko is that first year development. You know, Miko played cornerback at Georgia and then, you know, made that switch to wide receiver. He kind of lost a year there development. So I think, you know, what we saw from, from Miko what would we have seen if uh, he started out at wide receiver at Georgia? We would have gotten that more finished product potentially last season before he left. And and so with Corey, you know, he's going to come in right in, learning his craft at that position, knowing, you know, clean slate really as far as developmental-wise uh, at the position. And then, uh, you know, getting getting that, that extra time with Hankton there will help him a lot. I think that, there, there's a lot of upside there, uh, and I, I really like to pick up. I, I think that with that kind of speed, it's uh, I mean, there, there's just something about when you hit that angle, and and uh, those other guys, they're not going to hit get to that corner in time. Well, you that, look, that really impresses me. You look at the NFL game, and and everybody has that guy that's that's held to cover in space. I know everybody talks about the Patriots, but. Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one of these guys. These burners that you can't. If you don't get your hands on him, you know it's a. You roll to the right on third and five, and you can't cover the guy in the flat. So, uh, not only that, he can he can knock the the, cover, the top off coverage as well, going vertically. But uh, that's just the way the game's trending. Big big wide receivers, and then that one guy in the slot that gives everybody problems. That you know a linebacker or maybe a you know a rover or safety can't cover that guy. So I think Georgia got that in him and. Um, I really like that the, what they've got right now, and just big. I mean, think about the last couple of classes. We could talk about this maybe in another one, but think about the last couple of classes at the size of guys that Georgia has brought in at wide receiver. They changed that room as much as they did the offensive line room in in length and size for sure. 
All right, let's let's go back to the team aspect now. I got a question for you, Rusty. I want to see what your take is on this. I was looking at the roster, some roster battles, and I want to get your take on who do you think will play more snaps this season for Georgia. We have sophomore Cade Mays, a guy that, again, played over 500 snaps last season. Uh, had, I think, seven starts, freshman All-American for Georgia. Or, on the other side of the ball, linebacker Monty Rice. Ooh. Heading into season three, you know, a guy that's played a lot of uh, snaps the last two seasons. You know, played in a lot of games. Uh, I think five games he started last season was banged up for a little bit. But a guy who's gotten his feet wet, who knows the defense, and again is going to be looked upon to probably to play a big role this year. Who do you think plays more snaps this year? That's a good question, Kip, because uh, they're both in a very similar situation. I think I will go with with Cade Mays. Um, I'll go with Cade Mays because he can play multiple positions if people realize or think about it when Andrew Thomas rolled his ankle last year at South Carolina uh you know Cade Mays played left tackle you know when Ben Cleveland got hurt last year he played right guard uh, he played some left guard and, and those things so Cade Mays can play multiple positions uh Sam Pittman has shown that he's going to rotate his guys especially inside with those big body guys so um, I do think Monty Rice is going to play meaningful minutes this year at Georgia, but if I'm having to come choose right now, I, I think I would go with Cade Mays because he can play multiple positions, and Sam Pittman's definitely going to rotate his guys uh, this season with, with the depth. They've got insane depth. How impressive is that depth when we can have a guy who, like I said, was an All-American last season, and he, he might be – I mean – he might win that battle, but he might he might back up Ben Cleveland at right guard, back up Isaiah Wilson at right tackle, back up Andrew Thomas at left tackle. He might be coming off the bench in, in year two. I think when you look at potentially having Jamari Sawyer and Cade Mays as your next two guys coming off the bench, this is something that I don't think we've ever seen since we started covering, you know, Georgia Rusty. It's it is impressive. You think about think about this. Cade Mays may not start this year, and he could still be three and out. I mean, he's that he's that good. He's just playing behind some freak shows right now, and he's in the mix. But you know, those guys could leave. The, they're expecting a lot of probably early departures. Cade Mays could be a you know a full time starter next year. He could be three and out, and that's that's very very. Uh, could happen for sure. I like your pick. You could be right, but if that O-line stays healthy, I think my pick's going to be right. I think Monty Rice will be the guy that plays more snaps last season. I mean, next season. I, I He played almost 300 snaps last year, but again, I think that really what kept him from, from playing more uh, was just staying on the field and staying healthy. And I look at this group coming into this year, they're going to have some some snaps to be replaced. There's playing time to be had here. When you get, lose a guy like Trez Patrick, who played a lot last year, and you also have Jawan Taylor, played a ton of snaps last year. You're talking about almost 900 snaps are up for grabs uh, at, the, at the inside linebacker position th- this year. And, and really, 
where Monty Rice comes into it is, like you said with Kate, his positional flexibility across the line. Monty really has it too because they have that Mike linebacker and the Will linebacker. I think he starts at Will, and, but then can come right in, uh, you know, and play the Mike backer as well. That gives Georgia a chance to really mix and match based on what they need for personnel. I, I really like Monty as far as, you know, his instincts downhill. I think he's their best tackler, you know, at inside backer. And I think that's going to be really important for them uh, replacing those snaps is to have a guy they can trust. It's, you know, not going to not wrap that running back up in between the tackles. He will he will definitely bring bring him down, you know, with bad intentions. And the group is crowded, just like O-line. And they brought in some guys, uh, you know, and you look at Channing Tindall heading into year two. You look at Quay Walker heading into year two. And then true freshman to Kobe Dean coming on strong, picking everything up and, and, and trying to steal some snaps. I think Nicobe's probably going to, you know, his battle will be more with Tyndall for that backup spot, I think, behind Rice. They're going to rotate him. They'll have a four, five, possibly six-man rotation. But I, I think Monty's going to play a lot this year and, and really be a key to this defense. If they're going to have a top-10 defense this year, it's going to be because Monty stays on the field, gives him that stabilizing force, and, and prevents big runs from happening, getting that back level. You don't want Richard LeCount and, and J.R. Reed to be your first and second tacklers. You would much rather have Monty Rice be your leading tackler this year, or, you know, potentially Tay Crowder. I haven't mentioned him, but again, he, you know, best coverage linebacker and junkyard message board favorite for our boy Laguna on the, on, on the, on the board. He loves him. I, I think uh, we love him too, but for me, give me Monty Rice all day. If he's on the field the, the, the whole year, uh, I think Georgia's returned to that upper echelon, that elite defense, and, and they're, uh, you know, playing in big time ball games in December. Well, that was not the only news of the week we're not done with news just yet this was uh not a week we thought would be newsworthy you know overall ended up just start to end non-stop stuff breaking uh on uh over the weekend you know i was enjoying myself uh with my brand new kamado joe grill learning all the the fine art of grilling when uh come to find out uh you know on on sunday that Georgia had suffered its first decommitment of the 2020 cycle. It is kind of uh, interesting that they had not yet had a decommitment this cycle. You get a couple each year. The first one was from four-star O-lineman Akinola Ogumbayi from uh, Kipner High School in Sugarland, Texas, a guy that Georgia had originally beaten out Oklahoma for. And now uh, they are down one offensive lineman in this class. Rusty, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I, you know, it, hearing the young man explain it uh, as he did, and his mother, you know, had a stroke last year, and she's not progressing as well, and he wanted to stay at home uh, to be closer. I have no problem with that. Um, I mean, that's just that's life, and I don't think the reaction from Georgia fans were were. I think they once they heard the story, they were okay with it. He's a young man that Sam Pittman personally evaluated. He went out there twice. Uh, he didn't have the best 
opening performance in Houston, you know, reading the reviews and talking to our guys out there. But at the end of the day, um, you know, he was still a high target for Sam Pittman. So you kind of weigh those things against each other. And I think he's going to be really good as well. Uh, I do think he sticks with Texas and I don't think George is going to recruit him anymore. You look at the guys left, uh, probably. You look at Andrew Rain, uh, Cedric Van Pran, uh, Chad Lindbergh, a couple of those guys, maybe James Robinson, the guard out of, out of a, um, Carver, Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, Georgia had over twice in June. So uh, one thing you look there is, is Sam Pittman is, is going to get this thing done. This class will still be strong no matter uh, you know what happened with, with, with Aki. Um, but I, I do think, you know, I mean, you have text the last couple of days. Andrew Rain uh, is very interesting here because everybody, you know, Oklahoma, 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 and all of a sudden Georgia gets in there. You know, we heard from a different source that it could be just Georgia and Michigan. Uh, we kind of think it's Georgia and Oklahoma from what me and you have talked about uh, comparing notes. So uh, very interesting him uh, in how Sam Pittman will, will end up there. Uh, to watch Andrew Rain, Cedric Van Pran uh, in Atlanta for the Adidas Combine deal, but cannot visit Georgia because of the fact of um, rivals brought him to Atlanta. The NCAA has that new rule where they can't visit, uh, can't visit college. He couldn't be at Georgia Tech, can't be at Georgia because he was brought here by third party. So uh, from what I know, he's going to be back the last week of July, and I still like Georgia's chances there. So we'll see, but he, you know, with Akinola no longer in the mix, I think it gives Van Pran a little bit more time. Also, we'll say this, as I mentioned on, in, in dog treats or ramblings one day this week, uh, he is very tight with Akinola. Uh, Aki is what the kids call him. He's very close with him. Texas a also involved with him. So it'll be interesting to see where Georgia is and getting back on campus the end of July uh, for Van Pran to see if he is afraid to make a decision. This Andrew Rain uh, decision is really intriguing. You know, someone on our board had compared the recruitment to that of former five-star linebacker Nakobe Dean, how that went toward signing day where we basically had, you know, Ole Miss thinking it was Georgia, Georgia thinking it could be, what was it, uh, LSU or Alabama, and then, uh, you know, Alabama thinking it might be Ole Miss. We had three different schools basically – where we believe those coaching staffs thought it was a different school landing, you know, his commitment. I think we're kind of getting into that territory with Rame simply because I don't think he's told a coaching staff, no, as we record this, you know, on Tuesday, I don't think he's really told a coaching staff, no. So, you know, we've heard, we heard Georgia and Oklahoma, you know, then, you know, our Michigan site thinks, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's Michigan and Georgia, and that was kind of interesting to hear their their take on that. And then, you know, uh, I get word that maybe Oklahoma could be end up third in this. You know, so there's a lot of a lot of differing opinions on this. And but one thing is certain: if you read my article with Andrew on Dogs Two Four Seven a couple of weeks ago, you know, after he took his uh, official visit to Georgia, Sam Pittman knocked it out of the park. Uh, yep. Georgia's not even in this unless, you know, if not for the fact that. Sam basically sold him on developing on the next level in that relationship is, I mean, arguably the best he has with any coach right now. Uh, The kid said, you know, uh, I grew up (laughs) going to Oklahoma games. I've probably been to Norman, Oklahoma 50, 60 times already. And, 
And I immediately in my mind drew the comparison to uh, to former Tennessee commitment, then flip to Georgia, Cade Mays. You, you look at Cade Mays' recruitment and how Sam Pittman was able to go in there and, be, and take a Tennessee legacy uh, and, and land him even with a new coaching staff coming in, you know, uh, with, uh, with Jeremy Pruitt coming on board, even, you know, even with Philip Fulmer, the AD going to the school and spending time with the kid during the contact period as they got that, uh, a waiver for him to basically be another coach on the road for them. Fulmer, you know, Georgia was able to beat that and, and get Cade Mays, a guy that, again, we talked about on this show, and Andrew already saw that comparison. Uh, that's why Georgia had Cade Mays as his host during his official visit, because he knew he would draw those comparisons uh, of a prospect who grew up following a program, just thought that's where he's going to be. And then when the recruitment process started, realized, whoa, wait a second, I need to evaluate all my options. And Sam got his foot in the door there and has Georgia, you know, they're in the mix some feel they have a chance uh, to get one of the top linemen in the country and a guy that could really play all five positions. I think uh, along the offensive line, I think he basically did that last year for Broken Arrow in Oklahoma, leading them to a state championship at 6'5", 285 pounds, can, can kind of do whatever you need him to do and, and do it pretty well. I, I, again, as we record this, there's no uh, announcement been made. I think he's moving closer toward that, and we could see something potentially in the next week be a huge recruiting win if, if Georgia is able to land him. Absolutely. I mean, it's a clear target. And Sam Pruitt, I mean, Sam, Sam Pruitt, Sam Pittman is from Oklahoma originally, so he's got some ties out there, uh, got some family out there, played high school football out there. So he's um, he's taking a swing. Well, guys, next week is going to be a, a huge week on the Dogs 24-7 site. I will be out in uh, Dallas, Texas once again to cover the opening finals. And for anyone who was on the side row this week, I put up a preview just showing all the Georgia targets and commitments that will be at this event. And we're going to have just, you know, blowout coverage. I'll... I'll write as many articles as I can for the site and we'll, we'll be discussing what I saw out there what news came out of this event on further episodes uh, of the junkyard dog cast you know I, I gotta ask you Rusty you won't be out there uh, but who are you looking forward to seeing video of reports who are you looking forward to seeing at the opening finals next week I think Carson Beck you know because um, everything I, I see out of him, I like. I like his tape. I like what I hear, the makeup of him. I like who he is, meeting him and talking with him. The The day I watched him in Tampa on Saturday at the Adidas uh, National Championship, his team was very inconsistent. Like, they kept dropping balls. And, uh, you know, in fact, I told Carson after the game, I said, man, you handled that a lot better than I would because I, at some point I would have had to say something. Now, the next day, uh, I watched them the first game that morning, and they had a bunch of drops. And I think Carson got frustrated for the first time. But I will say this. As I went and watched Eric Gilbert and his guys the rest of the day, I, I then learned that Carson's team 
rattled off like five wins in a row. So they got hot. They were catching the ball for him. So I didn't get to see him, you know, light it up because the guys were being inconsistent. So I'm looking forward to hearing about him next week. He's going to have elite prospects around him. Uh, he'll be throwing against elite prospects. He will be uh, playing against elite prospects out there. And uh, I want to see where Carson Beck uh, measures up against some of these other guys because I do think that he is going to be a really, really good player in Athens. And I really like the makeup of him getting to know him. Yeah, I think this is going to be, what, three years in a row that Georgia has a commitment out there at the opening finals, a quarterback commitment. I think we had uh, we had Jake Fromm out there. It was, a, it was a four years in a row. We had Eason out there. We had Fromm out there. We had Fields out there. And now Carson Beck out there. So uh, I've, I've had a chance to see all these guys at the opening finals. It's, it's obviously an outstanding event run by the guys at Student Sports. allows us at 24-7 sports to get you know, a better evaluation of a lot of these guys against uh, other top prospects. It gives us more info to chew on. I like it. I'm, in, I'm looking forward to seeing Carson f- for the first time and, and seeing what he can do. I got, a first, I got a question before you answer. When do you get out there? Uh, I fly out Saturday. I'm supposed to be there uh, Saturday night, but uh, I'm going to fly out there Saturday morning because I'll be trying to sneak out and uh, – and sneak in some barbecue uh, before uh, I'm, I'm needed uh, at the uh, the check-in area. So I'm st- I'm going to be out there first thing Saturday morning, uh, mm-hmm. and I will. Uh, you know, you guys can give me as many barbecue recommendations for for Dallas, the Dallas Fort Worth area, as you can on Twitter. Kip L Adams on Twitter, just send them at me. I will I will pick the best one that you guys send me, but. I'm pretty excited to get out there and uh, basically cancel out my diet over the last couple of months and come back <laughs> wear, wearing the exact same size clothes as I was in February and March, uh, it, it, adding another X or two Xs to, to, my, to my clothing size, maybe going to Lockhart Smokehouse or uh, Pecan Lodge. I don't know. Uh, there, there's Those are the legends out there in Dallas, but uh, you know, I might try a new one. I, I've seen some other ones out there that, that look really good. Cadillac barbecue is one I've heard the, that I need to try. Like I said, I've, I've, I've had this date marked on my calendar for a while. I'm excited to get out there and, and see, uh, again, the Dallas Fort Worth area for, for all its glory. And when I'm out there, though, I think, uh, I think I'm really excited to see the running back position because I think we've kind of established in this class who we think the number one guy is. And yeah. that's that's Zach Evans out of North Shore High School in Houston. He just the guy just looks the part. The film's really impressive. You know, he he has all the tangibles that we kind of look for at the running back position. But who but who's next? You know, that's really uh a question we haven't been able to figure out. And, and you know, there's gonna be a lot of candidates out there. Um, you know, you're gonna have guys like Marshawn Lloyd out there, uh, you know, Demarcus Bowman guys that have a chance to kind of establish themselves as five-star backs. But there, there are a couple Georgia targets out there to really keep an eye on. Not that Marshall Lloyd it still isn't a Georgia target because he absolutely is, yeah. even though he's committed to South Carolina. But I'm, I'm watching Tank Bigsby from the state of Georgia, a guy that we weren't able to see at the Atlanta opening regional. Uh, but uh, he went out there, I, I believe, was it the, the Nashville regional he yeah. went to and, and really stood out and earned himself an invite to the opening finals. I want to see how he compares to these other guys. And, 
and uh, how he measures up. And then I want to get my first look in person at Kendall Milton, the running back out of California, a guy that uh, uh, size-wise, I mean, what's not to like? A guy that if he's 6'2", 225 pounds, he got a potential, uh, you know, a Derrick Henry type guy as far as that size is concerned. Uh, Najee Harris, guys like that, the, the bigger running back. Uh, you know, a guy out of California that Georgia has been heavily involved with. He's out of Clovis, California and Buchanan High School. You know, on film, the Buchanan doesn't strike me as a powerhouse program. It looks like a lot of his, you know, decisions and his, his you know, rushing yards, he's having to earn the hard way. So I want to see what he's able to do out there, you know, in more of an open competition and in the position drills, how fluid he looks. And obviously, Georgia's really made him a priority this recruiting cycle. Del McGee is, is you know, gone all in on him and then trying to land him as a potential uh, lead back in this class, similar to tight end. They're, they're going to need two of these guys. So, I mean, I could be out there looking at, Georgia's potential running back class. Maybe they get a Kendall Milton and a Tank Bigsby. I think uh, you'd have to be pretty happy with that if you're a Georgia fan. And so you look at Milton. He's he's gotten his official visits in. He's he's been to Alabama. He's been to LSU. He's been to uh, Georgia, and he's been to Ohio State. I think as we kind of head into July with a late July decision coming, I, I think the Bulldogs are pretty well positioned there right now. I think they've done as about as good a job as you could possibly do to sell him on coming in and, and kind of uh, likely uh, coming into a competition that doesn't have DeAndre Swift there anymore if he goes to the NFL early, as some expect. And then Brian Harrion exhausting his eligibility. That's that's a lot of potential playing time there for, for a guy like Kendall Milton, and that's what Dell's pitch has been. So I want to see those two guys but I'm really not going to lie. I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to say I also want to see linebacker uh, Noah Sewell. Uh, I, I want to see that guy out there because uh, I, I looked at his photos. I've seen some of the film. Oh, I want to see a 6'2", 266-pound freak at linebacker in person. Uh, you know, I I want to witness what he's able to do out there in seven and seven position drills, just so I can know that it's, you know, this unicorn actually exists, Rusty. Yeah. I mean, when you look at that tape on that guy, uh, I'll be interested to see if he runs. If he's a four seven flat guy, his body size, I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. But uh, some of the tape you see on on this guy gives me like. Athletic wise, looking at him, he's not quite as tall and he does not 300 pounder, but he gives me that kind of like Robert Kimdichi vibe, like this big jumbo uh, freak athlete type guy. So I'll be interested your, on your take uh, after you see him in person. Yep. He's a guy that is expected to take an official visit to Georgia during the season. And we'll obviously be talking about him on future episodes. And like I said, guys, we're going to have plenty of content from the opening, not only in Dogs 247, but most likely on the junkyard dog cast as well. So we want to thank all you guys for listening and we will check you guys out next week.